real terms on the podcast. Hi, boys. Hi, mate. Hello. How Hello. are you? Good, thanks. Yeah. Well, you've not been on the podcast before because the podcast is about two weeks old. So you are our second actual guest that uh, isn't uh, my band. Nice. <laughs> doesn't count, I don't think. I'm not. I don't think I'm very good at hosting on my own, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> we we've got no. We've got no Greg or Ben here today because they're doing important um, family-related things. But you know the basic premise of the podcast. Mm-hmm. You come here and you tell us your worst experiences of all time as musicians, yes. whether that means a bad gig or a bad trip to the toilet or anything <laughs> you really want to cover. Okay. This is one of those things where... Um you, th- you asked us to do it, and I started thinking, I don't think we've really had that many bad ones. And as soon as you think of one or two, it's just like a, it becomes a cascade of, <laughs> <Barrage> <laughs> of, of terrible, like, <laughs> scarring experiences. <laughs> I think we've kind of been working on repressing them, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. We're, uh, it's it's very healthy. It's healthy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are really formative as well, aren't they? So they happen really early on. Mm. And, yeah, true. And, yeah, I suppose there's like a, a, a blur of teenage gigs that all fell under the category of this is quite depressing <laughs> but i didn't know it was depressing at the time yeah because you don't know what a depressing gig is at the time i suppose or you don't have that context yet for it being a a, a humiliating well, I experience to be yeah, there, aren't I guess you? So. it's almost like it's set maybe sets like a a blueprint of expectation you sort of like go oh yeah i've got a gig oh is that what gigs Oh, then. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't even remember thinking, like, oh, is this what a gig is? It, I was just excited to be there. Yeah. In my mm-hmm. big shorts and my Tom DeLonge strap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so go on, then. You know what you're <laughs> in for. <laughs> I was going to say before when you said about um, playing uh, gigs in your big shorts and about when you don't know what a uh, depressing gig is, I remember all of my, before I ever played a gig, um, I was so well versed in from like documentary footage and things like that, and 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 gig concert films of like Bon Jovi and like um, the Chili Peppers and and Aerosmith <laughs> uh, that I've just treated them all like that was what it was. So I would do all my like stretches in my big shorts uh, in uh, in the cubic- toilet cubicles and stuff of really dingy pubs and like make sure I drank like tea before I went on because I'd seen the Chili Peppers doing that. And like, yeah, and I treated them all the same. It didn't matter if any... If... It's really lovely looking back because you treated them all the same even if there was like three people there. Yeah, yeah. You would, you would be like, oh, well, this is the show. This is the gig. And I don't think I have that same attitude it's now. It's kind of it's jaded a little bit, I suppose, yeah. unfortunately. It's hard I not mean, if, for that to happen, though, isn't it? I'll be honest. If I'd if we'd been the same age and I'd seen you in the toilet of a venue doing stretches <laughs> and drinking tea, I'd have thought you were a pretentious little wank. <laughs> <laughs> but that probably says more about me than about you. No, Especially yeah. in your big shorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I wasn't in big shorts. What was I wearing at that around that time? Spandex like, leggings. Spandex. <laughs> Once I was, yeah. Once. Is <laughs> that when you went to the gym or something? No, it was a hair metal tribute Brilliant. Thing. Oh, that's very Well, cool. that's kind of all right, isn't it? But I like, mean, I, I mean, so. yeah. It's kind of... And all of the... Sorry, all the bands that I was in have uh, uniforms, like outfits, because that was what you'd... 
You know, you've got yeah. to have a, a fashion gimmick. Yeah. yeah. So one of them was multicolored dungarees. Or like we all had different colored dungarees. And one of them was... Um... <laughs> so I, I would have been dressed in red dungarees and like a black long sleeve top underneath. We thought it right. looked a bit like Slipknot and the boiler suits, but we looked like sort of like kids TV presenters. I was going to ask, what's the, what's the worst thing you've ever worn on stage? Is it that? Um... Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. They were all quite... We wore the hives get-up as well. You know, the right. white right. ties, and black ties. shirts. Yeah. And it was, like was before band. that hives video had come out as well. Oh. So we did that in like 2000. So you possibly influenced the hives then? Mm. Uh, yeah, we thought that at the time, but we turned out they'd been going for ages and that's why they were a successful band now. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, speaking of like wearing costumes on stage, I mean, like that's that's a practice that we only stopped as a band far later than we should have done in like 2015, did, did, did 16 like a, or something. You did like a, a little, little spandex phase, didn't you? Well, I had, <laughs> well, I had photos. Yeah, we used to wear these like, this was years ago. So this was before even Ben was in the band. Uh, we used to wear these like um, turtleneck, like yeah, base layer this. type thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in like sort of luminescent yeah. green. Like pants on the outside. Yeah, I did that yeah, for a bit as well. Cause I'm, and then I think the first stage uni- uh, like uniform that I wore with AMTP was, was like a sort of uh, Angus Young meets um, Michael Douglas's character from Falling Down. And oh, I just sort okay. of like. I don't. I'd, I've no idea what the the basis for it Quite was. Quite sort of officey. Officey, yeah, right. but with yeah. a sort of schoolboy element to right. it as well, just by the nature of who I am. Office boy. Office boy. <laughs> <laughs> What's this boy doing in the office? I don't know. He looks the part. So he just, <laughs> yeah, just, just figured he was uh, stick him on the payroll. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Related but unrelated. So sorry if it seems like I've just not related to what you're saying. But like, um, the 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 first time I was ever gigging, I've just realised for for a good solid three years, I kept the same individual uniform for all of my gigs. (laughs) Which I don't know if I've even told you about this before. I would wear a full basketball kit. Uh, with like a a t-shirt, with a t-shirt underneath, but I'd wear my full Charlotte Hornets basketball kit. Right, every gig <laughs> for all the gigs I played. Yeah, it's, it's very new metal. It was that. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> yeah. new era. To be fair, yeah, it baggy, like, era. like a baggy vest. But someone thing. told me that's your thing. They said, you know, that's that's your thing. That's yeah. Right, Brandon Kelly just stuck. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Stuck. What about you, Lenny? Have you ever had any on-stage costume faux pas? I'm trying to think. Not faux pas. Um, I used to have um, these huge hiking boots that would go everywhere with me, especially when I was playing with uh, with Crick in a two-piece. So shorts and hiking boots were sometimes there. Um, I remember that look. No, I do, yeah. yeah. We, were, yeah. we were in um, Belfast um, for one, one show, and I remember getting a bit of a niggle in one of my feet. I thought, like, something, I'd, like, stepped on something. Um, like just a little bit of a, a tingle in my foot and I was quite buoyant and bouncy in those days yeah, so yeah. lots of uh, jumping about kind of a bit of uh, athleticism playing the guitar I've lost all that now yeah, it's all gone now yeah. it's all gone very boring on stage now <laughs> um, but I took my, my shoe off at the end of the, the gig and a bit of glass had got in in oh the shoe God. Fuck. I have like, no idea the, how through the sole 
I, well, it, yeah, it didn't go in underneath. I yeah. don't know how it got in there. Um, but uh, essentially, I'd like gashed my foot open, and like my my sock was just like a bloody foot. Oh Jeez. no! Um, so, but because of a bit of the adrenaline of playing and that thing where you notice. just kind of block it out when you're playing, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, kind of related to to costumey things. That's but certainly a malfunction. A malfunction. Mm. Certainly. Oh yeah, wardrobe malfunctions. That's a good one as well. I don't think I've had any. Like to be fair. <laughs> One of the first like gigs I ever did was um, we used to. I had a band in school, and we used to rent the church hall Amazing. occasionally on Saturdays, Saturdays, and put on gigs for like our schoolmates. And for one of them, we were we were opening our set with Muscle Museum by Muse. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> which was 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 which was which was. Um, <laughs> Which, I think it's because all the words sound yeah. similar. <laughs> Muscle Museum by Mutes. I mean, it, it was it was ambitious to say the least. I don't think any of us, any of the three of us, really had the skills to like pull it off convincingly. Right. But I compounded matters by deciding, right before we went on stage, that I needed to play guitar, um, with my like tape on my fingers, like electrical tape. <laughs> so I just thought this seemed like a thing. Yeah. It felt professional somehow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want my fingers to get tired. Like, just tired so fingers. Like, this is what the big, oh, what the big guys do, right? Knackered, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you know the song Muscle Music by Muse yeah. and you can imagine the guitar riff, it's quite a f- sort of fiddly guitar yeah. riff. Yeah. And I just fudged it so badly. Like, oh. And I wasn't good enough to play it anyway, let alone hamstrung by it. I wound it really tight as well. I think halfway through I sort of like tore it off in like oh, kind of you know like protest at my own idiocy <laughs> um, which is you know pretty pretty rock and roll i think imagine. i would have thought you were really cool thanks mate. I, 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 saw that. I mean you're being kind now i don't think you would tearing the tape off that sounds amazing <laughs> sorry yeah what's such a what's what a defiant act of rock and roll Absolutely, that must have been yeah. I mean, all the greats have had their own tape tearing incident, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. You used to have, um, like, I remember being in Battle of the Bands as a teenager and you used to have, like, um, guys that would, um, and girls, who would, like, smash, their, or not smash, they would, like, think we've got to end the gig by smashing our guitars or doing something, like, destructive with the guitars. But because of the context that it's a, it's a, it's mainly, like, you know, parents watching and all yeah. that type of stuff. They would like kind of give a go at sort of like mock smashing the guitar and then like have to come back oh. on straight where they leave it feedback going for a bit, then have to walk off and stand at the side for like five seconds before they went back on and switched yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Really embarrassingly tried to put it all back together and stuff. I actually did go through a phase of doing that in an old band. Like I would sort of routinely like throw my guitar on the floor at the end of the set. Yeah, I had a bit of a phase of that as well. Yeah. And it felt. I've met, I think I sort of fairly distinctly remember doing it for the first time and just being like, that was a bad thing to do, but yeah. I loved it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And my guitar's absolutely covered in welts now because of that phase. Really and then long. I stopped doing it, and I don't think I've put a fresh ding on it for years. Yeah. So within about two years, I think I made my guitar look about 20 years old. <laughs> We're yeah. just all too old and sensible now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's the problem. Lost my edge, yeah. as James Murphy would say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> There was a. I think there's definitely a thing to be said for because we've chatted about this before of your ideas of how you should behave at a gig before you actually played one or building up to a gig because because for the first five years of me doing gigs from like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen onwards, I 
gave it like way too much beans and like really went over the top and like sort of like would jump off the drums and like jump up and down and like <laughs> and like sort of rag the cymbals about and stuff like that and like and I've kicked to kick the bass drum over before and <laughs> a couple of times and like I would really go for it and I'm like shockingly embarrassed about all that now like I'm really ashamed of myself I like, don't be embarrassed the exuberance of youth isn't it yeah stuff. yeah I'm, I definitely remember, like in in early bands, it was kind of it was a bit of a contest of like who could go the most mental. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like you've got like almost to the to the detriment of like your playing. You had to be seen to be rocking out really hard. Like you really yeah. meant it. Well, that was a phase at the time. Like I remember, <laughs> that was a phase at the time. Yeah. I remember Darren Malakian from, oh, from System, System of the Down. Down. Everyone was really into that band, and he'd get into it like so much that he was hardly playing it felt like when yeah, you watch yeah, live footage yeah. of him and it would just be like noise yeah. and he's just spinning around yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's way more into that than he is to the playing I, I, yeah I was on there was a band I was on tour with last year um, driving them and the, the bass I'm not going to say who it is but the bassist would like sort of concentrate so hard on sort of jumping up and down and sort of throwing himself around that, that it it just, it just wasn't playing in time, like anywhere near. It's like, is anybody else hearing this? Like, this is insane. Mm. It wasn't really my place to say anything, so I just kind of left them to it. I think I think there can be that thing where it's um, false beans. Yeah, false you know beans. when you you can sense the false beans, and yeah. it's like it's great. Don't get me wrong, I love like really sometimes over the top performances that where people are really into it. But everyone has that sense where you like. You're overdoing it and you're yeah. forcing yeah. it. You can tell like, when it's genuine and when it's not, can't you? It's yeah. pretty yeah. transparent usually. There's but, a lot of that feeling like it's it's damn not again, like this is the, <laughs> maybe we're going into a, spi- a spicy arena. But I feel there's a lot of that in like the whole uh mathy sort of Yeah, like, probably I mean I'm probably like, fucking sort of... guilty as charged to be honest on that front. Mm, you know, no, I've never no, done never seen Alpha Male Tea Party do that, really. really? It's no. all quite kind no, of like like Ben's really good at like He's he can he's like giving it a bit of like show and he's like there's like a thing of like where he's performing but he's still really holding it together. It's so natural. That, you can yeah, yeah. It's, it's natural. natural. It's part of his personality. Yeah, true. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. I always get that from Ben. Like I'm, I always get really jealous of Ben because uh, whenever we've had like people taking photos of us at shows. It's always all Ben because he's <laughs> he looks so good yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. like throwing himself around. I'm like. Where's a nice picture of me looking nice <laughs> somewhere? You know, but it's not all about that. It's yeah. not about my vanity at the end of the day. He's just a big maelstrom of hair and teeth and rock, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Born in the wrong decade, I think, <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> Tell me about some gigs then. Come on, we've just... Like, <laughs> I was in, like, worst gigs. Yeah, worst yeah just any gigs, you know. Let's read out the, the, the listings for the O2. And <laughs> <laughs> what looks the worst. <laughs> El- Elvana, I'm going to say Elvana. Every time I look at... A listing apparently it's really good i mean i don't believe it for a second yeah. but <laughs> not really my thing no all of my as you were saying before john we would, we first chatted about worst gigs all of my worst experiences aren't really with real terms or our previous band which had joe falconer in it and then joe a guy called john still as well called vasco da gamma 
that with neither of those bands are like my worst experiences but we have had a, a handful of <laughs> well should we talk about the most recent one yes which <laughs> was um yeah should probably shouldn't be too specific but we it was part of a tour that had been booked where for whatever reason we were like we were due to be zigzagging up and down the country it was literally like london liverpool brighton like that was the kind of routing but then I think a London show got cancelled and a Bristol show got cancelled, so like that sort of solved the problem. Although it would have been nice to have those gigs. Um, so one of the Northern shows, um, we'd been booked, um, we, we'd arranged, you know, loading time, whatever. There's another band playing, wasn't there? I can't remember who it was. Uh, yes. I can't remember. Anyway, we got there and there was like a guy. It was a Sunday night and there was a guy setting up the bar, and it was this kind of like. This vibe of like, oh, hi, hi guys, why you do? What are you doing with all this equipment? Oh <laughs> we're like, God, uh, playing playing a gig, I think. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, right, I wasn't aware of anything. I was like, okay, well, we've been booked by you know this guy. It's never a good sign, is it? <laughs> never, never a good sign. Um, and the place is obviously only just opening at like five p.m. or whatever. Um, so he's like, okay. The vibe we're getting from this guy is that he doesn't he really doesn't want the hassle of having a gig on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he said like they'd had they'd all had a big party, he hadn't they? The big night before. Rave, wasn't <laughs> it? They had a big rave at the venue and he was like clearly really hanging and he got the short straw of having to come in on the Sunday night shift. So anyway, he was like, Okay, well, you know, you're here now. Kind of that was the vibe, wasn't it? Like just <laughs> set up. We're like, Okay. So we set up the guy who's booked us, who's like who'd been posting, I think, on social media saying he's really excited to have us and like all this kind of stuff just just never showed up um and then and neither did anybody else great there was like two people i think just drinking in the bar wasn't there <laughs> and one guy who had earlier in the evening before we played had asked david to borrow a phone charger which which david had lent him and then in the middle of our set I'm not even sure if it was in between a song. Maybe it was. It was in between But he just sort of got on stage and he was like, to Dave, and like, behind the drums, mate, can I borrow that charger again? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it, re- it replaced applause, which is a very difficult situation. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of applause, applause, we just got a bloke going, sorry, mate, can I uh, borrow your phone charger again? <laughs> like, fuck it. <laughs> oh, God, that's so good. Um, but also awful. It was awful. I was in a, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in Foul mood on it. the way back i felt and yeah because yeah. we're quite good at laughing off stuff like that but for some reason that was just it was just misery I, I remember when that guy dropped that line and we were just like now is not the time buddy like just don't yeah. ask us yeah, that yeah, yeah. i remember that like your kind of that reaction of like <laughs> oh my god what are we doing yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just one of those horrible <laughs> is this real <laughs> i have a really distinct memory of that gig because we got there and no one was there, and um, of like sweeping the stage and just kind of getting all oh, everything yeah. ready. I kind of went into we sort, sort of yeah. organisy mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, cleaning up. We're yeah. just like cleaning up the venue. I was like doing the floats for the bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. cleaning the lines and stuff. Fucking disgrace these lines. Sorry, I just thought the reason I, I sort of giggled really early on because I just thought about like a general thing for gigs. The like the 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 
the, the worst thing you want to work, walk into with a gig first walking in. It's like walking with an amp and see like the guy behind the bar. You see his eyes widen in fear. <laughs> <laughs> and he can only go pale and realise what he's done. Like he's pouring a pint and, just, and there's just a look on his eyes where he goes, he just realised what the problem is. <laughs> just an amp is enough. And, and, and he simply doesn't want to deal with it. <laughs> it's the last thing he needs, frankly. Um, I mean, I know where you're talking about, but I mean, there's you know. so there's so much to unpack in that story. Yeah. But it's it's and great. it can be tough to pull a crowd on a Sunday as well. Yeah. And yeah. In places where kind of sort of more experimental stuff, you know, it can be really hard to carve out a carve out. A Definitely. Scene. I mean, I think the one thing I will say is like, good on them for having a go. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. Well, if you're gonna bother to commit to something, you've kind of got to do it properly. Yeah, and like yeah. the the idea that you've sort of turned up, you've been sort of advertising yeah. a gig, saying we're we're gonna do this show here, turning up at the venue and them having absolutely like no mm. idea that you're there or yeah. supposed to be there. Yeah. It's like well, yeah, what's yeah. Bad? Well, it's the, bad. No one. If <laughs> if you don't even if the venue themselves don't even know that there's a gig on, then who the fuck is gonna turn up to it? Yeah, and it was definitely a case of like. Obviously, on the way back, I was like, "Well, we're never going, never going there again." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that yeah. we asked, I don't think. But I don't know. Like, it was weird though. I often get this kind of when things are. Cause I'm a really anxious person, and I think when things go quite wrong, or when it looks like it's gone wrong to the point of no return, like there's a little bit of like a weird calm that sometimes comes over. Because I remember stepping out of the venue when it realised that this is when you realise this is a bad gig. And no one's gonna turn up. I remember such <laughs> really weird, but I remember just looking at like where we were, <laughs> not mm. mentioning the name, but looking around and going, "It's quite nice, really. That pub looks quite nice. <laughs> the sky sky looks nice tonight." And all and that. We should have just gone to the gone to a, a different pub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it would have been yeah. more productive and better for our mental health. <laughs> um, I actually did a gig in in the, the same place. But not not at that venue, right? But as as a a seventeen year old, maybe sixteen year old, I was in the local uh, brass band as Amazing. the as the drummer, nice. and I I nice. played played a sort of swing gig in the local school. Nice, because <laughs> I sort of grew up around that. Area. What kind of turnout? Probably better than your show. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, I mean that you know there were the all the all the seats were filled. Great. In the school hall, <laughs> definitely met many sort of parents and grandparents. Absolutely. In fact, I would have killed for some grandparents that, that big. <laughs> any, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> we I actually did once play a show to um, on like a, a sort of Saturday afternoon at about two o'clock. We played to um, <laughs> like three four-year-olds and and a, a couple of grandmas <laughs> this was on like our first ever tour well, I mean, yeah yeah i mean you're a, you're a grandma friendly band aren't well you? i guess so yeah <laughs> it's kind of our remit really sure. it's what yeah. we're after sure. the grandma the grey pound <laughs> the grey pound i really thing, like that it? expression yeah, very good very good. good i would once play to i've had a few different playing to, to 
um, almost like punchlines to jokes type thing or phrases like one man and his dog. I've played to one man and his dog before. <laughs> I've played to just a juggler before. Just a juggler. Which sound, just a juggler sounds like a sort of, I don't what, know, it sounds like an Elton What Johnson. do you mean? Was he juggling while watching? Uh, he stopped juggling when we, he was, technically the lineup was, this was at a gig that, this was my one of my personal worst ones, which the photographic evidence of that my brother's got has has become like our favourite photo of all time. It was at a <laughs> festival in the world called the Keep Off the Grass Festival, <laughs> uh, which Great. I'm sure I can name this now because yeah. this happened in 2002. So I think that's um, absolutely fine, yeah. Um, and it was in a car park in Birkenhead. <laughs> and uh, it sounded really posh when I said that. Didn't I? It was car a car park, park in Birkenhead. Um, and for any anyone who who is from there, it's opposite where the big Warner Brothers cinema used to be. Anyway, uh, <laughs> used to me <laughs> before after this uh, before this gig. Um, and it was it was like sort of billed to us like when you're a young band it was billed as like this is a big opportunity it's like a festival we're getting all of like the local press in and things like that <laughs> the support band the support lineup support band shut up the uh, the lineup was kind of the juggler no one showed up by the way the, the, the sort of headline was no one turned up to this festival that's a headline and it was in a car park and no one was there oh. the, the 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 gig was on the, in a truck like they set up the like yeah. inside yeah, a truck, yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing, like a yeah, rolling yeah. stage thing. Played yeah. similar things in my hometown. It was like a thing, wasn't it? A small yeah. town thing, like yeah, in a market yeah. square, like yeah. a truck in a market square. I can only think that that there was a lot of music videos where that happened in the nineties and eighties. Yeah, and people were like throwing. Them. It's more like spring break kind of yeah. uh, mm. sort of scenes yeah. in like Blink One Eight Two videos and things like that. Wasn't <laughs> it? Uh, yeah, so there was a juggler. <laughs> So the juggler sort of juggled to a couple of children, and the children left, and then the juggler stopped, and then there was a there was a group of like girls who did like a cheerleading routine, whilst we were just like we just like stood on the truck and like watched that for a bit, and then we played to like the cheerleaders and one of our dads I think, oh, and the juggler. That's <laughs> Such a bizarre. It's the most bizarre. It does, it does, you're yeah, right. Yeah, right. In a it car park sounds like head. three cheerleaders and a juggler. <laughs> it sounds like sort of like Meet old man kind of seventies. Yeah. Like, there's a cheerleader, a, ju- <laughs> yeah, yeah, a juggler, a car park in Birkenhead. <laughs> oh god, that's amazing. <laughs> I can't think of what of other ones have we got from when we were we've been bands. Um. There was the Vasco gig in Southampton. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that wasn't like... There's no drama, really, just no one... It was a long way to go. Had we played in Liverpool the night before or something? I think we'd had quite a good gig in Liverpool and then probably got quite drunk afterwards mm. and then had to haul ourselves to Southampton. Mm-hmm. I really remember a good thing about that gig was that we discovered AKDK. They played that show, didn't oh, they? Yeah, they did. oh, and they yeah. absolutely nailed it. Great band. Yeah, yeah, brilliant um, yeah. yeah, and uh, so that was a, a positive. That was a positive. There was another band as well, like really young band. They're called Pugwall. Mm, that's great. And they were like really, they were like fifteen, but they were great. Yeah, I think they're still going. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, but it was just one of the. It was like in a scream bar. Yeah. And like, there's no like no. Re- it wasn't a venue, basically, was it? It was just like a pub. With a bit of like you're playing on that bit of carpet over there, which is fine. But then again, just like n- literally, no one shows up. Like mm. I think two people or something. You're playing to the to the other bands. But what makes it stick out for me is that the prom- the guy had booked it, and I think booked all the shows there. It was quite. A, I think for a while it was quite a renowned like 
stop on the kind of math rock circuit. I think TTNG had played there and Tanner right. and those kind of people. So we were like, oh, it's gonna be great. Um, so yeah, at the very, it was like a the promoter himself couldn't make it, so he'd got like a mate of his to to run the show, to rep the show, and. There were like five bands and it didn't start on time, so it's running over and running over, and it's that thing where you're checking your watch, going like, right, okay. And I think AKDK were just before us, and he had to get them to to cut their set short. And then he so we got set up as quick as we could, and then he was like, Yeah, you've got like 15 minutes, lads. And we're like, right, okay. I mean, that's there's no one here, so that's fine. And then I think we played one song, and then he, <laughs> he came up to us after the first song and went, yeah, you've, you, yeah, just just one more. Yeah. Just, oh, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, God. <laughs> I guess, I guess it, it wasn't like the first one was Stairway to Heaven or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, think, I think I remember the first one being like a song we had called Nada Mass, which was about two minutes, ten seconds or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, mate, that's too ten. You know it's too ten. I know it's too ten. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just like, that. you know, you just like, fine, whatever. So play, play one more song. And then, um, and the guy, bless him, was like really felt horrible about. It. I mean, he, he had he had fucked it up pretty badly, <laughs> in fairness. <laughs> but he was. I remember him saying to me, "I'm really sorry about this, mate. I'm really sorry." He's like, "If it's any consolation, I feel like I'm gonna throw up." If it's any consolation, I'm now ill. <laughs> It's been a bad night. I don't, I, I've not been wishing you physical harm. He <laughs> <laughs> best go home with a fucking stomach flu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. did you, like, ship some Scouse norovirus down with you for him? Is that yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Mind you, it would have been more... I mean, I, just, you know, I don't know... So, didn't hear from him since, so right. I hope he's okay. <laughs> do get in touch. Do get in touch. You're okay. Um, we've made a... I don't know, there's like quite a lot of... I suppose, as other than people not turning up um, to gigs, I suppose you, you might have covered... Sorry, Tom, you might have covered this on another one about like mistakes or like... People tend to call them clangers. Oh, like uh, no, I mean, we... No, because no, that often like actually... sort of that that is the thing that makes a bad gig for mm. me really. Yeah, is like when you something f- drastically f- goes wrong for you, or or it, when it happens to someone else, it's so easy to sort of that, have that word with them afterwards and be like, "Oh come on, no, that wasn't a, the whole performance was brilliant, and that was just in a in a sense that was just one bar, you know what I mean?" Yeah, and yeah. Quote or like jazzers and be like, "It's only a mistake if you make a mistake." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yeah, so for me, like I remember my bad gigs by dropping clangers, really, or making big, big mistakes. Well, what's your most high-profile clanger then? Well, that you <laughs> <to find? laughs> funny you should ask. Uh, no, there, there was one that because um, I used to uh, drum for a guy called Dan Kroll, and he and John also played bass for a time for Dan as well, and he he did all of his set, the majority of his set towards the end to click and track. And that's st- weirdly enough because it went through a real. It shouldn't have started going wrong for me when it did because like he really improved the setup for the click and track and it was like I don't know the technical details of it but it was so much better. But when it started off, when we first started gigging, it was an, it was a small iPod that was gaffer taped to an SPD. 
fucking hell. <laughs> like that was just that was just like sort of you could I was kept on having these fears I'd stick on like a I don't know, like Tina Turner. We'd have to be near Dan Kroll, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> In the alphabet. Um, but yeah, like I had lots of nightmares of that whole setup, and like the click and track disappearing in my ears. And there was one where it was like Dan was headlining a gig. In what was it? What was the venue called? You, John, played this gig as well. Oh, in the one in London. Yeah, uh, Heaven. Yeah, it's a big place. <laughs> big place and it was like sold out and stuff and it was his first it was the first song of the set and do you know what the thing was i just do you know what it was uh do you you know and it was a clanger drop by me but it was an adrenaline clanger so it was like this thing of like the, the click started off and the gig the starting of the gig is start obviously if if any drummers are listening who do this type of thing or anyone else with using click and stuff, the, obviously the gig started for you so much earlier. That's yeah, yeah. so much earlier than three or two bars earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Depending how long the bars are. Uh, but so I had this, it was two bars of three. Right. Something, no, it was a weird camera, like three bars of three, something like that. Well, that doesn't help. Yeah, and I just didn't concentrate on bar two or something like that. Or like something happened, no, I didn't hear bar one. So I counted it in too late. So I, we were all a bar out with the track, which contained loads of percussion, a horn part that everything kind of anchored, anchored everything in the song. So everything that was coming out of the PA was like a bar out with the band. And Dan tried to communicate to me straight away to like kill the track, like stop the track. And I think just in the moment, I just fell apart and I just stopped playing. And I just, I think, I think that's what happened, and we had to just stop the track and do that whole like thing of, and because again, as I mentioned before, <laughs> anxious person, uh, but like I think like I dealt with it quite badly because we could have done this thing where I could have just gone right, that was a mess up, onwards with the gig, um, and it's okay. And Dan sort of did a bit, little bit of a smile and a bit of a, all right, like it's, it tried to calm the situation as the band leader type thing. Mm. But I could not get that anywhere near out of the front of my brain for the rest yeah. of the 50-minute gig. And I the remember. whole rest of it, it, I think if anyone caught my eye, they probably would have seen a look of like, I would look like I've been, been at war or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kept sort of trying to catch your eye, and so, but like... I think it just maybe came across as patronising what you didn't because I kept trying to catch your eye during the set just kind of give you a little smile like, hey, it's okay, buddy. Mistakes happen. But like, you could, yeah, you were just gone. Like, yeah, I was like, after the gig, it took me about a good hour and a half to return to normality, oh. I think. I was like just lying on the sofa with like my head in my hands just oh, for man. like a while. Just, it was horrible. Ashen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ashen. 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 Any other clangers? Anyone? <laughs> Can anyone make me feel better? <laughs> I can't remember any musical clangers. I, f- I fell into your drum kit once, didn't I? Oh yeah. <laughs> we were playing at the at the shipping forecast in Liverpool, which was a really it's, it was it's a good venue. We used to play loads there with Vasco, and this was a gig supporting Terramelos. I think in the last song, it was quite a, like a, a shallow stage at the shipping, wasn't it? Yeah. So, once, yeah, it so I was like directly in front of the kit. So I think I just sort of 
was the end of the set, wasn't it? Like the last big, the last big riff in the set, and I went to give it beans and just gave it a bit too much bean. Yeah, and um, sort of just <laughs> fell fell backwards, but not in a sort of cool like boof, like I've fallen over. It was a sort of like. Oh, I'm oh I'm falling. I, I, I might be able to recover it. No, I'm in the I'm in the drums now. <laughs> it was sort of a slow motion sitting down, <laughs> almost. <laughs> you just couldn't quite get your balance back. The, the funny thing is, is because I was in the in the zone, obviously, because I was getting into it so much. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice that. Like, uh, I was like sort of hitting. I was on that side of the kit with my yeah. right hand. Yeah, yeah. So I. I was like sort of playing a part of the kit that sort of no longer existed or felt very different, much more airy, <laughs> much, much more sort more. of fleshy. It's still so much like John. more like John Crawford than it does a floor tom. <laughs> Were you actually hitting him? No, 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 because he, oh, he was no. because he was in place of the floor tom. I was playing a, I was playing like a sort of like stack like symbol yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and like. I just so I just looked and saw John like enveloped by the drum kit, <laughs> just like a sort of crushed John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh it was really wonderful. Good. That was a supporting uh, uh, Terramelos. Yeah. yeah. Um, funnily enough, I actually that I remember that Terramelos tour because. I decided that it would be a really cool idea to book Terramelos to Aye. play a gig at the Grand in Clitheroe, Aye. which <laughs> is where I used to work. It's a 450 cap, 500 cap venue. Bloody and I was hell. like, I was like, yeah, we can make this work. It's going to be cool. It's scene building, you know, and uh, like you've got to try. Yeah, I gave it a go. But yeah, we we the venue lost some money on that gig <laughs> and I think in I think in the end Tom, we've lost some <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're going to have to call it a day Tom on, yeah. on, the, on, the, on the old venue I think there were t- there were t- I think we sold two tickets Ooh. yeah it was bad man it was oh, really bad God. and then the rest of it so people did come but only because I was like hastily just inviting people on Facebook, just being like, it's like you're on the guest list. Just, just come, just be there. Just make, make sure that that you're there. Yeah. Uh, that was that was actually the first time I met uh, the guys in What Gorilla as well. Oh, oh nice. Because yeah, they played that show. In fact, the lineup was like, yeah. it was actually a really good lineup. Mm. Uh, I seem to remember. I hate um, that because um, we've put on quite a few gigs in Liverpool and stuff. Usually, just as a way of putting ourselves on when nobody else wants to. But um, I absolutely hate... I love the idea of putting on gigs, but that anxiety when you've opened the doors and you think, no one's going to show up here. Yeah. And sometimes you're right. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. a bit just like, ugh. I've, I've put on quite a few shows as well, like uh, in, in Liverpool, you know, along with what we did in, like with Vasco and uh, Real Terms. And mm. I think it's really nice to have that that kind of different perspective in the sense of you know kind of what it costs in in sense of your investment emotionally and just trying to get that momentum and and buzz around a gig and it can be so great when it when it pays off but it's often that kind of i think you even said that you know it's a thankless task often and like it can be a real uphill struggle yeah Um, absolutely you know and it's really good to know what goes into a gig yeah to to appreciate when it goes well and also kind of understand maybe where stuff went wrong yeah Um, I, i think it's quite easy as when you're in a band as well to sort of 
be not necessarily naive to that process but but sort of take it for granted a little bit and take for granted the fact that a promoter whenever they put a show on is always taking a massive risk Mm. because you're just rolling a dice aren't you totally and i think especially in our scene which is pretty niche really Mm. yeah i mean our our sort of scene for want of a better word is full of promoters all over the country who just are doing stuff just because they want to do it like we've all done it like you with the terry mars thing it's like this would be cool yeah it works this would be the best Mm, thing ever and it's really the only reason to do it. Like, yeah. So everyone who's doing it on those terms is doing it for the right reasons, really. Yeah, and yeah, really yeah. true. And, but the, then and, you... and the, the scene's full of really good gigs around the country that people have just built up over time and just mm-hmm. hammered away at and not given up on. I think, I think the, the thing that, that I, I, I can't ever really get my head around is why a promoter would ever put a, go, a gig on that they have no sort of vested interest in at all yeah because you, you you see promoters they just put gigs on and they'll just they'll just give anyone a gig and you know like like your guys don't bother to turn up or whatever and you think well what are you actually getting out of this yeah yeah because the only that. thing that's happening now is this is costing you money well I th- there's no benefit to you yeah to put this on that must be a sort of there must be something because i know one or two people who've done that and it's a kind of it's like a stepping stone thing. It's like a bit of a building up a CV type thing. Like, oh, look, I've been putting on gigs. So, the, like, they might get a job at like a bigger promoter yeah. company or something. Like, sometimes it's to do with that. But yeah, it's it's bizarre. I couldn't do that. It's very mm. strange. Mm-hmm. We uh, we played a gig in Belfast a few years ago, and um, the we had like a a, a guarantee, or so we thought. Hmm. Of of like I think it was like a hundred quid or something we were gonna get paid, and we we'd we'd done the set. There's fucking hardly anyone there, and it was weird because like according to sort of social media, it was it looked like it was going to be quite a busy show, mm. and the the sort of alarm bell sort of rang early on in the set or early on in the evening when I sort of went to the promoter and I was like, oh, how are things looking? And 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 he went. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, looking, looking not too bad. Yeah, um, hopefully we'll be able to cover your guarantee. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's mm, what? Okay, <laughs> that's an interesting way of looking interesting at approach it. to a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we played, we played the gig, and uh, the we're packing the gear down on the stage. It was a fine gig. It was whatever. I can't even remember it being good or bad or whatever. And he comes over to us, and he's like, I've, uh, yeah. I've I've got got the money for you, um, and sort of gingerly hands over like nineteen pound thirty p, and and I was like, I'm gonna have to give this man a bollocking. Yeah. I don't really do that, and I had to to do it. I was like, mate, what what is why why that's like there's there's not even any point to you like giving us this money mm. really. And then he was like, "Yeah, I'm really sorry, man. Like, we, we've emptied our bank accounts for it and all this." And I was like, "Don't why? Do, why are you putting that on me? Yeah, like, why are you make that's making me feel terrible for your personal yeah. situation? Don't put a gig on if you've yeah. only got nineteen pound thirty in your bank. Yeah, just uh, just unfathomable. And that's just one of those things where you go, well, I would rather not have played that show than put that guy in that situation. Yeah. I'd rather he just said." I'm really sorry I'm not in a position to put the gig on. Yeah. But he was like, oh, you know, uh, it's like, I understand that there's some enthusiasm there, you want to put the show on, but you've got to be pragmatic about these things, haven't you? And you yeah, can't yeah. just do it because you think it's going to be fun if you know that you can't 
pick the pieces up if it goes wrong. Or don't or offer just, a guarantee, I guess, well, would be the other way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, There's definitely. that really intensely emotional scene. That not emo- it's not emotional, sorry. It's only kind of like... I think it's quite visceral for someone that might have been in that situation. In that uh, in that Anvil documentary. Oh, God. Where he's got the guy by the scruff of the neck up. And he suddenly explodes in rage. And you can't figure out whether it's lips from An- Anvil. Yeah. And, he, and he has the guy <laughs> yes. up against the wall. The promoter up against the wall. And... Um, and he's and he's and he starts going. You pay us our money, man. We could. And he and he really f- kicks off, and you can see he's completely serious. He says, "Lip starts quivering because you can tell mm-hmm. how angry he is." And it's kind of like a last straw because it's like this thing of like they're supposed to have had this name for themselves, yeah. And, that thing. and it and it feels like not even meeting the guarantee, and it's just you've, it is a humiliating. Yeah, that's a humiliating one. Yeah, because you yeah, feel definitely. like it's. There's a sort of I'm getting into a bit of a maybe feel like I'm getting a bit into spicy territory here, but there is a bit of a and there's a lot of there's a few memes about it of like what you think when you're get, hiring a musician, what you're actually yeah, getting, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. But it is difficult. It seems to be a thing of like oh well, they're musicians. It's this whole kind of they're all like sort of used to this like no money sort of vibe, you know what I mean, all that type of thing. But it's it's more it it goes beyond that, I suppose. It goes into a thing of like you're saying of don't put the gig on. Don't like don't sort of Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I I think a lot of it's rooted in this idea that bands want to play gigs at any cost. Yeah. You know, like this yeah. this whole idea that it's like, oh, they just want to play shows and it's like, well, we do in a way, but I just want to play shows that are good, you know? Yeah. But that system also, like, is kind of weighted a little exploitatively towards young and inexperienced bands because yeah. they are just going to gonna take any gig whatsoever yeah, yeah, and yeah. then learn bad habits from sort of being treated not very well. And I remember the likes. I remember uh, watching an interview with Green Day when I was younger and them talking about how, like, we just play anywhere man <laughs> we play like if there was like a sort of someone's bathroom we put we once played someone's bathroom you know what i mean or like <laughs> things like that and it was really and the whole idea was you've just got the advice was kind of like you've just got to say yes to every gig you can mm. and i remember having that attitude for like a good few years of like you just play you do all gigs you know what i mean and it doesn't matter and like and you end up in situations i suppose young musicians particularly Anna, i don't know if it's the same now and there were situations, I don't know, fucking a while ago, it was like pay-to-play situations yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. That still goes on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and there's that that thing that I used to happen, definitely not naming places in Liverpool or Manchester, where <laughs> you would, like, sign this, like, you'd use 17-year-old band and you're signing a thing to say you won't put a show on three weeks, be- you no. won't do a gig oh, yeah. three so weeks before or three weeks after so or something weird. like that. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Yeah, I remember getting a bollocking from uh, a prominent Liverpool promoter who used to... Um, Used to put on. I mean, gave gave our old band a lot of good gigs, like support, support show, local sport shows. But um, we were doing one for him, and then we'd booked like a, a sort of what we saw as like a low key headline at some new venue that was opening. Mm. It was like a week later, and I got a very snippy message from that promoter being like, "Gonna have to pull that gig." Like. No uncertain terms, like we're like, oh, okay, it's like Malcolm Tucker, isn't it? <laughs> I think there is, like, in just in general, there's this tension, especially these days, about people often would rather be heard than paid, yeah, or even you know, would rather play than not play, and I think. Mm. Th- that's just like you know that's a whole kind of worms to to like get into just about the value of music and mm. how it's valued like now and and 
what its value is, you know, all those like huge questions. Mm. But I think that thing does come down to like, you know, you're not always in a position to be, be paid or in like to, to pull a big crowd. And, and there's a lot of graft that goes into that. Yeah. And you, like you said, a bit of a roll of the dice as well yeah. along in there. So mm. it's, um, yeah, it's really tricky, mm. really tricky. Because I think sometimes it's really easy as well. Like when if if like no one turns up to a show or whatever, I think there's always an immediate tendency to sort of blame the promoter for like you know not putting in enough yeah. effort or or whatever. But the flip side of that is like, well, I mean, if you were a, a draw in your own mm-hmm. right, then it's yeah. you know you're going to yeah. have people at your show so yeah. it's the the promoters already it's like with with bands that are touring sort of for the first time or whatever the promoters sort of have to work three four times as hard to get half as many people to come to the show because i've never heard of you but it's mm-hmm. just yeah it's like a sort of rite of passage thing isn't it and yeah but I, t- I tell you, like, there's one attitude that i can't ever really get on board with and it's this idea that bands love the idea of scuzzy kind of shit situations it's like like we fucking revel in the idea of like sleeping on a fucking concrete floor in a in a lockup somewhere or you know that's the thing that we all want and then you start feeling guilty for being like oh i'd really like to have a bed on this tour actually you know sleep somewhere comfortable and not in a mold infested attic somewhere or, or whatever or and the genuine, just sort of genuinely feel that some people just assume that bands want to get fucked and have a party all the time and yeah. don't care about sleeping. And it's like that is that couldn't be further away from the truth in my case. Yeah, I think there's a thing, and I think when whenever we would support bigger bands and stuff, there's a feeling among the local bands like, oh great, we're gonna get to like you know sometimes you put them up, put bands up or whatever, and for the local bands and like maybe some people who come to the show ever thinking oh great this is our chance to like party with these guys and like mm. become friends but the band are touring and just like we're knackered and we want to go to bed yeah <laughs> and like yeah. there's a kind of yeah there's sometimes an obligation of like oh if we go and stay with this person then we're on their schedule their terms and stuff yeah yeah real terms <laughs> we're on their real terms <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good segue into your band name isn't it that's the joke. Sure. Very good joke, too. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell uh, one... I'm going to tell one... Uh, wed- just to get it in there. You, you can cut it in. Right, okay. A wedding band one. Oh, right, about Clangers. Um, that I've told a few people before, but I really enjoy it. I actually didn't play this gig. It was a wedding band that I was in with my brother. And um, they had a really funny incident that happened during a crazy little thing called Love. <laughs> Where the uh, the guy playing acoustic guitar had learned it in the wrong key Oof. to the rest of the band, but he didn't, wasn't aware, and he'd started the because it starts with acoustic guitar, doesn't it? Going ding a ding ding ding, and he had his back turned to the rest of the band and was playing it in the wrong key, and they all looked at each other whilst his back was turned, like we're like, oh my god, he's playing the wrong. Key. So all like made a decision to transpose it to the key that he was in. But he turned around at the same time, realised he was in the wrong key, and they were all like looking panicked at each other. So they all switched keys at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> and they just love it because it must have sounded so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to have seen a band do that. 
song must be cursed. I I did a uh, a, a wedding gig. I did like a summer of wedding gigs. Uh, not a couple of years back, we did a um, crazy little thing called Love, and uh, I had a horrible moment where the because the band I, I played with, um, they weren't very good at like telling you what you're going to play, Great. what songs you... Yeah, I felt like a diva asking for, like, set lists ahead of time. It was like I'm kind of asking right, a bit Mariah. much. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so what songs are we playing today? Could it, you know, but it was that thing of, you know, you take the solo, like, just whispered in my ear. <laughs> didn't know the song, didn't know we were going to play it. And Brian May's solos, they have a real, like, melodic kind of narrative, don't they? Yeah, 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 they are totally, yeah. kind of hard to blag in a way. Very much written solos. They're very much written, yeah. Um, so it was one of those of, like... Well, it started, and uh, something's gonna happen. <laughs> so, just gotta gotta go in for it. Um, exactly. There is a bit of a. It seems like I've, I haven't really been in many wedding bands, but it seems like there's a bit of a sporty culture around them, isn't there? Where it's just like, well, just just wing it, you know, and you just make yeah. it. Up. I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't work like that. Yeah, and I, I kind of like to get it right as well, yeah, and like yeah, have yeah, a yeah. good, you know, yeah. and not just sort of blag it. Yeah, I think you know. is that is. Do you think a lot of that's down to the fact that people have like cottoned onto the idea that you can make a bit of money in a wedding band, and it's it seems like an incredibly saturated market now of yeah. lots of really really second rate bands having a pop at like yeah I don't know um, this idea that somehow like rehearsing's for losers or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and I think is there is definitely a myth that there's definitely this weird yeah you're right you're totally right there's definitely this weird thing. That like a lot of wedding bands think feel like they're like Charlie Parker or something like that. <laughs> like they, it, like they don't like sort of rehearse and that like this wedding stuff is just something they do for a bit of cash, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they can improvise through these really well composed pop songs. It's just bizarre and not listen to the songs before they do it. Um, yeah, it's it's I've but I have actually played a couple of gigs where I depth for a wedding band and have never met them before. Ugh. And um, and had a couple of nightmares where they were really like, oh, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Similar to what mm. what you're talking about. Um, and I told you about a time that uh, we couldn't figure out how to end "Build Me Up Buttercup," <laughs> so we played like a something like a ten minute version because <laughs> the chemistry wasn't there to decide on an ending. <laughs> so it just kept going. Where need you? It's <laughs> like going around and round. Is, isn't it like the, the sort of coming back in of Build Me Up Buttercup? Is that, is that ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum? <laughs> I love the idea of them going back around. A little it. gap, and then you'll just go. It's like an engine. It's like an engine getting started again for that yeah. song. Oh, God. Sorry, you've just you've opened up a can of worms, but I can't. Get, like, get, you're all tired now, aren't you? I'm happy yeah, to I'm, keep going. Go on, whatever. I'll do another quick one. Yeah. Another clanger. Living on a prayer, wedding gig. I'd learn it with the, the you know, the going that goes into the key change, and it does the. Um, someone remind me how that bit goes. Uh, the change for the fight when it's all that you got. Oh, it comes in at that weird point in the bar, doesn't it? All that you got. Oh, yeah. They, for some reason, and and not told me, did a version of it where it came in on the one of the next bar. All that you got. Oh. So again, completely wrong places of the bar. Car crash. Oh. Absolute car crash and a key change. Oh, it's a key change as well. Imagine a yeah. key change, but being in the wrong place in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's all I'm going to say. Fantastic. I've, I've got a quick quick gig one that I was thinking about, Tom. This is right. from a very old band 
who played some very, very bad gigs. And the, probably the worst one of the lot was in Boston in Lincolnshire. Brilliant. Don't know if you've been there. I think, I think I it's... Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Arguably the worst place I've ever been. <laughs> oh, Boston, oh, Lincolnshire. Hey. It, it's, it's up there. Sorry, Boston, Lincolnshire, but... Yeah, grey grey place, grey people. Grey people. Um, the grey pound. And we were playing in this like we were sort of like a like a grunge pop band, I suppose you could say. And this it was like we played a lot of biker bars. Right. Sort of, we had this manager and booking agent who was sort of in that scene, like old rockers. Right. So it was one of those. Tickets. It was called the Axe and Cleaver in Boston. I don't know if it still exists God or whether they're still put on gigs. Terrifying name for a venue. The, the only people who were in there. Yeah. Like everywhere we played was called the Axe and Cleaver or the, like, you know, the the gown and sword or something like that. The hammer and head. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, cat. so we got there set up. We're like, oh, God, another bin job. That's what we used to call them. <laughs> bin jobs. Bin job. <laughs> Literally got to the point where we'd pull up every gig, we'd pull up outside the venue and just be, <laughs> oh, we'd, we'd do it to the tune of um, the slap bass bitten, by the way. <laughs> Bin job. Bin job. Bin la bin. Bin job. I went for Can't Stop, though, actually. So, um, so set up. The only people in there were like three can't or... Can't Stop Addicted to the Bin Jobs. We were, Sorry. <laughs> oh, great. Very good. Very good. Um, we really were. We did years of Bin Jobs. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> the only, there was like three old lads in there. I think watching a Liverpool... UEFA Cup match, <laughs> Cup Winners Cup, even it might have been in those days, um, and played our set to nobody, and then went to the guy in the bar who was like classic old rocker, like small guy in his sixties, like a mane of like sort of frizzing grey hair going down his back, and we're like, oh yeah, so the um, we got told that we were like accommodation was included. We figured we'd be staying at the promoter's house or someone's house, and he was like. Oh yeah, you'll be in the doghouse. In the doghouse. Yeah, I'll show you it now. So he took us out into the car park. Um, we're like, where's he taking us here? The only, the only sort of structure we could see was this tiny little shed at the bottom of the car park. We're like, well, it can't be in there. Although he has called it the doghouse, and it was this little dank sort of like mouldy shed with four tiny little bunk beds in. And the sheets all had like cartoon characters on them from like the eighties and stuff. Mold on the sheets. Um, he was like, "This is where you're sleeping." We we're like, Jesus. "Well, that makes sense." <laughs> Bin job. Bin job. Doghouse. That's what everyone sings when they get it here. <laughs> Fans of the Chili Peppers, are we? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, we never we never went back. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, pretty round. Yeah. Linny, do you want to talk about it? Because <laughs> I well, feel the, like this, it's sitting there. It's sitting there. It's like a form of exposure therapy, it yeah, feels well, like. That, that's... Art Tangent 2017. 2017. Um, we got a van together. Yeah, we were For the first time at Art Tangent Festival, right? Uh, yeah. It wasn't a run, was it? We played that weird little gig in... Oh, in uh, Trowbridge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was funny. In oh, its own God. Way, in fact, a little side story that's funny about that is that <laughs> we, all, we all went and stayed at the promoter's house. Was he called Kieran? Kieran, lovely fella. Lovely yeah. fella. And uh, so he'd gone to work in the morning. We were getting up to drive to Art Tangent and I think his son was still in the house, wasn't he? His son was yeah. about 10 or 11. Yeah. 
And Ben, who was doing sound for you guys for AMTP, had gone out into the garden to have a cigarette and and came back in and said, I've just, like, seen a... Was it a BNP? It was a UKIP. A UKIP, like... Um, like poster Like thing. poster thing. Like on a, on a stake... Like in the in the shed in the garden to like, oh my god! Like he <laughs> doesn't see he doesn't he seems so nice. Like <laughs> this can't be like what's going on here. Anyway, the next thing is the house phone rings, and uh, Kieran's son, whose name I can't remember, like it obviously gone and got the phone, and then came into the where the front room where we all were and said, oh, it's my dad. He wants to talk to one of you. <laughs> and we were like, okay. So I went out and took the call, and he was like, "Yeah, my son's just told me that you would, that someone was looking at the, um, the UKIP thing in the in the shed, and I, I can't even remember what he said. He was like, "Yeah, we sort of we we brought it home one night. It's like a drunken joke. They'd like found it, and like you used to bring road signs home when you were, yeah. when you were a teenager, or whatever. Um, just the idea of like." His, and I think his son had like texted him and said, like, they found "They're onto the, that the, UKIP the, thing." And, <laughs> and Kieran, bless him, had gone like, "I, I simply must put this yeah, right." Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sort of you know like mates with with Kieran on social media, and and like since then, it's it's been made like very very abundantly clear that he is not a UKIP man <laughs> in the slightest. Like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the the sort of panic. In his voice when he was like, "I'm not, I'm not. It's not. That's not who I am." <laughs> um, just to say, uh, as a little side note, I cannot, other than the UKIP thing, that's a slight memory. I cannot remember a single thing of that night, the gig even happening. Trowbridge <laughs> is right. Okay, I've got a few details here that might jog your memory. Do you remember that kind of strange outhouse venue that had kind of folky instruments kind of lining the walls? Had a sort of like it's got a sort of church hall vibe. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. I'm getting that mixed up and thinking on that thing we did a gig at the parish in oh, Huddersfield yeah. mm-hmm. and thinking that was that what that there was in my head for years. I think if someone was asked me what did you do on the way to that arc tangent gig, I'd go, Oh, and we played a gig in Huddersfield mm-hmm. on the way. Right. And at Kieran's house as well, there was kind of a like a really old scabby cat. <laughs> Maybe not scabby. Scabby's a uh, maybe a bit too much of a word there, but um, yeah, that was quite quite nice. Yeah. Can you remember that? Nope. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so th- this is um, this is one of these moments, life moments, where it was like I I am a different person now. <laughs> I, this this has changed my DNA. <laughs> I think I even said that at the time. <laughs> you said, said that at the time. Let's tell the story and then we'll we'll deal with your reaction to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so go on. So who, who do you, do you want to tell the story or shall I tell it? Well, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, th- I imagine there will be various versions of events as well that maybe, uh, oh, yeah. uh, maybe I don't know, they'll feel like there's probably four they'll or five stories yeah, probably, yeah. in there. Um, but we had our had the the van key, and and I know that you know I was a, one of the drivers, and and after arriving at the venue, I can, was really kind of eager to to let loose. <laughs> the first night, I, if you've been to Art Tangent, like the first night's always pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I think wow. it, it as a as a mental <laughs> note, like kind of I think sort of gave the key because you were playing the next day, gave you guys the key, the key or 
I was kind of free of the key. Yeah. Uh, and free the, of the key. Free of the key <laughs> and kind of like mentally like, right, okay, I'm, I'm out now. I can just go a bit wild. This right. was the night where um, the three of us in real terms were like, do, like watching bands together and then you wanted to go and see Russian Circles. Oh, yeah. And David and I wanted to see somebody else, I forget who. And we'd like left you to go and see Russian Circles and you were like normal. Yeah. And then we met up with you 45 or 50 minutes later and you were just like the drunkest man I'd ever seen. <laughs> it's like something had happened to you in that gig that just like sent you west. It yeah. was so funny. So what was given to you in the, be- in the Russian circle? <laughs> you'd, you'd become very sloppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very loose. It, 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 so at some point during the events of that night, the van key made it so I remember so there was one thing that I remember really specifically was that I had the van key Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't need the van key I would rather not have it on my person Mm -hmm. so I'm going to put it in a pocket of my hold all in my tent so I think and I sort of I, now I can't I can't work out whether I've constructed this memory Mm -hmm. or whether it was like I was so hammered that it was covered in fog but I think that there was a moment where you found me and and said, I need to get something from the van. Where's, have you got the key? Because it someone must have gone into the tent to get the key out of my bag. And I have a vague recollection of saying to someone, maybe not you, Lenny, the key is in my hold all in the tent. But I was fucked as well yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We didn't need to get into the van. No. Well, at some point, though, the key did end up with you somehow, didn't it? Yeah. I wondered if That's... it was, like, that. I think... I rem- I wondered if, again, like, very foggily, like, <laughs> you were like, I don't want the key. Like, almost take it. Like, like someone, like, you know... That's... V- I'm, I'm uh, very happy to accept that that is a thing that may have happened I to really, I think I, I'm sure I remember being like, I do not want the key. Like, I... <laughs> Please, like, please like do not give potato. me the key. Like, yeah, it's like the uh, don't tempt me. Yeah. And so it's like I, I don't want it. So my, my theory is that, and the in the the melee and the 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 alcohol abuse. It, it, so fast forward to the following morning. Yeah. Um, I I sort of woke up with a sort of niggling feeling about something, and I was like. I don't think I know where the van key is. So Alpha Male are due to play the main stage at like what three pm or something like that. Uh, but did you not similar. think it was in your in your hold? Well, I think this is the thing. Yeah. I went to find it because right. I think it was at that point where it was like, right, we need to go. We need to go to the van and, and like, you know, start doing some shit. And I was looking in my in my back in my hold all because I was like, well, the last time I saw it, I put it in in the pocket that's the memory that i have i have a very clear memory of putting it in my hold or pocket but it's again it's so foggy and weird and i was like it's not in the pocket of this so maybe i had it on me all along and maybe i've like dropped it and it's been squished into some mud somewhere oh, yeah. so for like three hours or something i was walking around the art tangent site just like looking for the key and i went to i went to the lost property place like two or three times being like any any luck anyone giving you a van key you know it's on a on a um lanyard blah 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 whatever so i, I guess at 
so before I'd done all of that, it was like at that point we were like, just everyone, just just check check your tents and just check your pockets, whatever. And you know, has anyone got the key? Everyone was like, nah, nah, none of us got the key. Did we do that? Like, I really, that, I think you were gone though. Mate. I think that you... was the that's part of the shame as well because mm. I was so I really remember Dave saying. Tom doesn't know where the key is because we, me and, and Lenny, I, were sharing a tent. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really accepted that as the narrative of like, oh dear, that's that's what's I remember happened. Tom, yeah. you'd got quite like you were starting to get quite self-flagellatory about yes. it. Is that the <laughs> yeah, word? Yeah, you were yeah. like, I've lost the key. I've fucked it. Like, yeah, I was. I was definitely giving so that, myself a that. Hard did time. become the narrative. I yeah. woke up to the narrative <laughs> that that you were of you saying. I have lost the key. And I think I probably, I didn't present it to you, Linny, or I can't remember saying like, like Tom's lost the key, but yeah. I remember saying we've lost the key, Tom, and probably said yeah. Tom thinks he's lost the key as well. And it, and it should have been like, check everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But the situation is, so you call the breakdown? Thing? Well, yeah, but I mean, like before that though, I was kind of like, it's all right, we've got a few hours, you know, it'll turn up, it's fine, you know, it, there's only there's only a handful of places it can really be, we're on a festival site, someone will either find it on the ground or, or whatever, it's going to turn up. But as time was ticking away, it was like, right, would you, would you buy a side of stage to load on in like, I don't know, a couple of hours? And Ben Murray who's our like front of house guy was like getting increasingly kind of anxious about what and, and was wanting to kind of make a decision on something. So we were like, right, well, the only thing we can really do right now is it, it was like, I was still holding out for that, that shining moment of fuck it. It, it was in my pocket. I've yeah. Got it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And eventually it got to the point where it was like, we've got to ring breakdown people. And in my fucking weird naivety, I just assumed that the breakdown guy would just turn up with a with a, a spare key that would just open the van, <laughs> and that would be that would be it. We'd be in and we'd go and play the show. And every, every, but, but no, the guy turns up. He's like the RAC man, and he's got he's like he starts putting like air pumps in and basically breaks into the front of the van. Yeah, and we're there like fucking hell, this is insane. He was like, well, I'm in the front. But there's no way to open the the back from from the front. So the only option that we have, if you really don't want to, so also I should say at this point we'd already got in touch with with the organisers of the festival and were like, is there any possibility that we can play like a later slot or whatever? And they were like, absolutely not. This is the only slot mm. that you've got, and if you if you can't do it, you can't do it. And we were like, okay. The cool. other thing now is that you. You can't. You still can't move. You're in the van, but you can't move it because yeah. you've got the key. Yeah. So what? What was the plan to just like carry? Was the... to I use because they have like quad bikes that are good at like sort of. Oh yeah. You know, shuttling gear back and forth. Right. Whatever. So just gonna do like a process. Yeah. So anyway, the guys like the only thing that we can do here is 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 literally cut a hole in the wooden bulkhead <laughs> on the back of the van. And we're we're there, and we're like, that is mental. Like how it, it, a rented van is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, and he was like, yeah, you kiss your deposit goodbye. It's gone mm-hmm. if we do this. And it was like, we have to do it. We've got no choice. We don't know where the key is. It's like it's getting to that point where we need to be at the fucking stage. Mm. We start 
Ben Murray starts like pulling the felt off the back of the van and they're like nanoseconds away from getting a buzzsaw and literally cutting a hole in the bulkhead <laughs> so we could pull our gear out and get to the stage. And I essentially turn up <laughs> and like uh, tail between my legs and I just held out the van key. <laughs> And essentially, I've been like puking the night that the, I've been like a hungover mess um, that morning. So I was really struggling. So, um, you know, managed to get myself together to, to see some bands. And then it was in my jacket pocket. And it was one of those moments of terror, like absolute <sighs> terror. And I think the other thing is, is like just the shame of I should have known. No, no matter how drunk I was, I should like that thing. I've, I should have realised that that I've been given the key or something of that. Like mm. what? And it's like with your mates relying on you, and um, and with just that sense of you know being so in, like incapacitated and and like mixed up with that hangover, and it was like, oh my god, it was horrible, and I know like adrenaline was flying and obviously everyone was really there was a high everyone's quite highly strung really understandably so that that was a horrible moment and i still feel like there might be like unconscious remnants there <laughs> with you guys like i often think back to it and think those guys must really think i'm a, an idiot e like <laughs> it'll, it'll never it'll never quite go away like as much as we might like do you know what i mean that's part of it that feels so painful too yeah um oh, it, it, it's like you know because yeah it's it, it's one of those where in a, in a way there's like no excuses like i should have should have figured it out but it's like it just feels like there's an unfortunate series of events yeah here, like, i mean i think the the grayness all comes from and and i i you know i accept a, a huge amount of responsibility for it as well which is why I, I, d I don't I don't squarely blame you for the situation that occurred at all because if I was like with it enough, I would have remembered giving you the key, and and that would have been it would have been like yeah. Liddy just check your jacket I'm sure I gave it to you mm. but I mm. didn't have that memory going on either mm. so I still had a huge amount of personal guilt over the situation mm. too because mm. I was like well. You know, it's somewhere along the line between me and Linny, the key has has been exchanged, and neither of us can remember <laughs> that happening. And that is so weird that yeah. that that is a thing. Mm. And it was it was this weird thing of like, <laughs> sorry, this is a bit of hilarity of the situation for me is. It's two of the <laughs> the most sort of uh, inappropriate candidates that night <laughs> to discuss the plans for what was <laughs> two people who were essentially probably as as drunk as each other, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. which is, I mean, it's the nature of doing this type of thing, isn't it? Really. Um, well, like, go on. So obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not proud of my reaction to you giving me the key in in any way. I was quite out of order i think and i i felt instantly very uh responsible and very guilty for the way that i sort of behaved what was the reaction can you recreate it for i us? went <laughs> i'll move away from the microphone <laughs> fucking hell linny <laughs> and that was all i said 
but, yeah. and I don't think I needed to do. And I, I, I remember snatching the key off you, getting straight into oh, the driver's yeah. seat. Everyone and fucking out. flooring it to yeah, the stage. Absolutely, and I just remember the the feeling of it was about eight people in total, all around, and it was just I was sort of so. Uh, what what's the feeling? It's like so disliked oh, like i'm so no no but it's it's because i get it because of the 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 intensity of the situation and that release for you was just oh, like it was insane. oh my god it would just be like a surge of adrenaline i think and i'm so glad that it was it the the key had been returned it's almost like i don't care now like what happens like mm. i can be hated or whatever and yeah walking back with um the lovely Ben and, and Greg, who are obviously really full on, me having to fight and to apologise because I know that sometimes when you're in that kind of space, apologising is the worst thing. And I, I, I did, and I could tell that Ben and Greg like were, you know, they were like, yeah, yeah, it's all right, it's all right, but we're fighting something. Yeah. It's almost like <laughs> yeah, just yeah. get away. I can't deal with it now, oh, yeah. like kind of thing. And I had to fight that thing of walking across site like kind of near them and it's that thing of like i i yeah just wanted to get that feeling away and i know there's no possibility of that happening do you know what i mean it's it was that was the breakdown guy still there when you arrived yeah i think he just instantly turned around and got in his car he had a good story didn't he yeah (laughs) he was like right okay i'm not i'm not needed yeah (laughs) yeah just like putting the saw back in his fucking case or whatever but I think I think after that happened, after I shouted at you, got straight in the van. I was driving the van. I probably shouldn't have driven it because I was like, sh- I was physically shaking because yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we this was because it, it you know that show it's it's a massive show for yeah, whoever plays it and everything mm. and like we'd we'd had like big silly plans and things and like the idea. I think also for me, like as I think I've, I've already mentioned, like I still f- even at that point I still felt a certain level of personal responsibility as well. Like, I never really yeah. felt like it was yeah. all on you. Yeah. It was like, I've definitely fucked it here. Mm. It, you know, it, as as much as, as anyone else did in that situation, mm. really. Mm. But I remember driving the van past you and, and like, just glancing over and looking at you and the the sadness in your figure as you were walking away from the scenario yeah. was, like... It was gut wrenching, and when I got to the stage, I was like, "I feel so bad for Linny right now," and yeah. I just I wanted to be sure that you were okay yeah. because it's like it is like it's so it was such a massive thing to happen, and yeah. there was so much high tempo energy just flying around everywhere. Yeah. I was trying my best to like be pragmatic and not get yeah. like aggressive or angry but it just spilled over in that instant and yeah but the thing is that energy so the other thing is we actually ended up getting to the stage like about an hour and a half before we even needed to be there like we were so pumped up yeah we were so pumped up that we were just like go 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 and we got there and the guy and everyone like stage manager was like oh you're about half an hour early guys it's you know don't, don't don't worry about it and we were just like yeah yeah but in the end all of that like tension and energy just translated into like one of the best 
performances we've ever had. It was absolutely slamming. I remember it well. It was like so good. So you should be thanking Lenny for the best gig of your life, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, an interesting like. An interesting flip side to that, to your version of the story is my, like, from my point of view, which was that, like, I was thinking, oh, shit, okay, and I checked all my stuff. I was like, well, I haven't got the key. There's not much I can really do. There's enough people on it, too many cooks, blah, blah, blah. So David and I went off and watched Hikes, who were playing before you guys on the main stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was the first time we'd seen Hikes, and we were like, whoa, this is amazing, so a sick band. And, like, in particular... Nathan's guitar playing was like quite similar to yours, Linny. So we were like, "Where's Linny? He's going to be loving this, like you know, telly player and all that." Pick on the great time wherever <laughs> <Yeah>. he is. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole set, I was thinking, I hope Linny like makes it to this set. I think we were texting you and stuff, and um, and then towards the end of hike set, you finally arrived, and I saw you. I was like, "Yes, Linny, I'm so glad you're here. Get on this. It's amazing. Like you're going to love this band," and just. About half a second after taking in your appearance, just this like pallid, sort of like wide-eyed shell of a man. <laughs> I, was the, I was like, "Oh my god, what's a? Oh no! <laughs> Did you have the key?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, give us a cuddle, mate. <laughs> I really needed you boys then. Like, oh. I really remember you were brilliant, and you know the. You know, you, you boys as well, like uh, Alpha Male, you, you were great at like reconciliation and being really understanding, like, you know, Greg and, and Ben and yourself, like, making the effort. But, like, yeah, I really remember needing you boys in that yeah. moment. <laughs> you said all the right things. Oh. I really remember that. But that's up there for me, like, in terms of the rawest I've ever felt about yeah. something yeah. because mm. I knew how meaningful it was and for me to have jeopardised that gig you know for for some friends and like just knowing that it, it's such a big show and then um, being that thing of like feeling responsible and wanting to you know all of that together it is just an absolute melee of feeling I don't know I felt like it, when I saw how when we could see how you were feeling and what had happened I feel you just kind of absorb it in a way because you you did what you're feeling too because I mean if people I suppose people would listen to this and listen to the narrative as it unfolded it becomes quite clear that it it not to sorry I hope you're okay with me doing this but like it becomes quite a collective thing you know of yeah. like every you know we all had a a great night and we all like sort of like had these things coming up and like that it was there was loads of confusion and like the way it was you know it's just it it i don't know it, i don't think it's 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 you sort of become a like you have to sometimes put it down to like it just went wrong <laughs> yeah yeah well ab- absolutely and the thing is 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 unfortunately in that situation you ended up being the one that bore the, the brunt of that. But it could it could have been any one of us that had done that. Mm. Because we were, you know, Art Tangent Festival, as well as like being a great show to play, it gets pretty fucking reckless and people yeah. get hammered and and it's it's amazing really, you know, to think that that we sort of didn't have a greater sense of responsibility. Like I was playing a show the next day and mm. I was so drunk I didn't remember giving you the key. <laughs> and that that says a lot about mm. my sort of 
professionalism. You know, to say <laughs> this is the biggest gig of the year for me, and I've got so twatted the night before mm. that I I don't remember what I did with the key, mm. is mm. you know. It says a lot about me. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's, you know, like, yeah, I but think you, it's... Yeah, I should have known I had the key as well. Like, it's, I felt like that that thing, and if I'd got myself together and, like, you know, not been so hungover, like, if I'd got up with you guys and stuff, it, we would have discovered the key as well, and it's, like, one of those where that's the shame of it, like, like, yeah. Well, but, let this be the lane to rest of any... Residual guilt. Of that, yes. That key situation. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Like you, we. Uh, the thing that was really uh, heartwarming about the situation once it had happened was that ev like there was a rec- obviously like reconciliation of like between everyone. Obviously, you're gonna feel bad about it for like for a long time. You know what I mean about the whole situation. But everyone was really kind to each other after that. Yeah. You know what I mean, and you'd like quite soon after that there wasn't like any like long standing oh and then this happened <laughs> Linny did this you know what I mean or like any of that it was just you know we were all together in this collective thing you know what I mean so I think that's another point I'd like to make actually Linny is that it I wish that it had happened to someone that is a bastard <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you're one of the loveliest like kind-hearted people that I've met you know and to know that that situation has like made you feel the way it did it it brings me zero pleasure yeah. at all because yeah. like it it was just you know and it says it says a lot about I think it says a lot about the the caliber of the man like the amount of guilt that you did feel and mm. that sort of thing because like you know, like, you could have been that person that was just like, oh, sorry, well, what, what do you want me to do? Well, I, you know, I didn't know I had it, so, you know. Mm-hmm. and that, But that mm-hmm. wasn't your reaction at all. Yeah. It was probably one of the most, like, genuine responses of, like, yeah. horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ed? You, you, you did look haunted when you, yeah. when you eventually <laughs> rocked up at the hike show. You were a shameful ghost man. <laughs> shameful ghost man. This, Christopher yeah. Ghostman. <laughs> yeah, totally. Went deep and like this is sort of like a form of exposure therapy, really. Which <laughs> yeah. is like quite a big thing. Um, what about Greg and, and Ben? Do they ever bring it up? Because like, I think that plays into my thing. I mean, whenever we do bring it up, we just laugh about it now. Yeah. And like, there's that I can I can absolutely assure you that there is zero animosity there. Should we have a hug? Yeah, oh. let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I've been shaking, I've been physically oh, shaking for about no. half an hour. Have you? About yeah, their yeah. story, still. So. Um, I, I think, I think that's, I think we're done, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, definitely, hard, definitely. Hard to imagine what else we could cover now, but thank you so much, boys. It's been lovely. Thanks for um, having us, man. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for having um, us, Tom. Housework EP by Real Terms out now. Oh, <laughs> here he is. It's very good. Do listen to it. Bye. 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 <laughs>